You are now listening to Vaulting the Walt, a direct-to-sequel podcast. You gonna say it? Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Welcome to Vaulting the Walt, a direct-to-sequel podcast. I'm Sam, and I know nothing. I'm KT, and I know a little bit more. And we're here to discuss those great and many varied direct-to-video sequels to classic Disney movies. This week, we're taking a look at Pocahontas 2 Journey to the New World from 1998, the sequel to 1995's Pocahontas. Yes. Now, this episode... We are aware of the cultural legacy and the historical complications fraught with this movie and its sequel. Um, so we just wanted to say at the beginning of this episode that we're two white people talking about this. We've done yes. our best to prepare ourselves and learn about the real history of the historical figure Pocahontas and the traumas that she and her people went through. But if we fuck up, we're sorry, just at the start. Like, we don't know everything. Yeah. Quarantine especially has made it hard for me to research this ahead of time. Yeah, we we should not be your source for any no. of this information. <laughs> yeah, yes. Please, if you are interested in, you know, um, the story of Pocahontas, like the real history of Pocahontas, go read a book by a historian or an anthropologist or someone who is not us because this is not, we, you know, we're not trained in early American or colonial history. Yes. Yeah. And on that note... Um. <laughs> uh, Yes, Sam, you, as you were telling me beforehand, you don't really know much about the historical Pocahontas, do you? No, I don't. Um, the American education system has failed me. Uh-huh, and <laughs> which I think is an issue with this movie, which I, I would also like to say at the top probably should have never been made. Yes, um, neither of them. Although, I will also say that out of all the Disney sequels, in a way, this is the one that makes the most sense. because she did have you know like her life continued it doesn't end the original movie doesn't end on a happy note and there is more of her life to explore should it have been made into like an hour-long disney sequel no yeah but conceptually yeah this is conceptually yes in the only one that technically could continue but it shouldn't have this movie you know okay so i also get so uh, the person the native american woman we know as pocahontas uh was actually called Matoka. It's thought that giving your real name to white people was a dangerous thing, uh, which is why historians and anthropologists and etc. now think that she was introduced to the people at Jamestown as Pocahontas, not Matoka. Uh, but at the time, as you know, the first Pocahontas mentions in 1607, uh, a bunch of Englishmen sailed across the Atlantic and landed in what we now know as Virginia. And at that time, she was, we don't know exactly how old she was. We don't know the exact year of her birth. So she was about 10 or 11 or 12 in that age range. John Smith was about mm, in his 20s or 30s. Mm -hmm. So straight off the bat, no romance. That has been a popular romantic romanticization of two historical people that like has no basis in history, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's a popular thing that has been perpetuated again and again, as it is by the original movie. Um, she was the daughter of Powhatan, the paramount chief of a paramount to see of tribes in Tidewater, Virginia, all of the Virginian Algonquin cultures. 
Uh, and this is where the idea of her as a princess comes in, but as Virginian Indians note, she would not have had any political power as their society and culture was matrilineal. And we have no idea who her mother is, so we don't know. It's likely that her mother wasn't very important politically, but we do know or we have the idea that she was her father's like kind of favorite child or he liked her a lot oh and also i should mention before i get too far most of what we know or i guess all of what we know about pocahontas comes from other sources she never at least anything that survives like wrote letters or like you know wrote down her memoirs dictated her memoirs later in life we don't know so all of the information we know about her comes from other sources which i guess at the end of this you'll know that we don't know a lot really comparatively about Pocahontas as much as we do say the people or the English and European people that she interacted with. Um, 1607, Englishmen arrive in Tidewater, Virginia and decide to start the colonial outpost of Jamestown, which Pocahontas would frequently visit as a child and according to different uh, accounts from colonists play with the other children. Now, this is where kind of the myth-making starts. Uh, what do you know about John Smith, Sam? Not much. Okay. That he was voiced by Mel Gibson in the <laughs> Pocahontas film, but... Yes, he's voiced by Mel Gibson. Uh, for, so for starters, he probably did not look very statuesque and blonde, and it, well, he was an adventurer. Uh, his life before coming to Virginia was he fought in various wars, uh, fought in the Mediterranean, he was kind of like, I guess adventurer is a good way to kind of describe his profession. Um, again, he was like in his like late 20s, uh, about the time he comes to Virginia. And he was also known for, so he wrote a book called The General History of Virginia, I believe it's called, which detailed his experiences in Virginia in those early years of settling Jamestown. Right. And this, this is where he first recounts the story, which becomes the basis for kind of the climax of the first Pocahontas movie, where he's about to be executed by Powhatan until Pocahontas throws herself in front of him and stops his execution. Uh, the veracity of this story has been called into question for a while now, because we know from his other... He told stories that were bigger, larger than life, so he was kind of known for uh, elaborating on the truth. And he told two other similar stories from his various adventures in the Mediterranean and elsewhere, where a high-ranking woman saved his life in some death situation. He told it after Pocahontas was dead and after I think Powhatan was dead as well. So no one could have verified if anybody thought to ask. Uh, and so yeah, basically what I'm getting at is that this whole idea of Pocahontas saving his life, which becomes such a core part of her becoming this early American myth and working into like the myth of the foundation of the country is very like, we have no idea if it actually happened or not. Right. And various historians and anthropologists have thought about it for a while, whether it happened or not. Um, all right. So that happens in 1608. Uh, in real life, John Smith did get uh, injured in a gunpowder mishap when he was sent back to England just before the starving time. And then we flash forward to 1614 when... There, the first Anglo-Powhatan War was going on and Pocahontas was tricked into capture by the English and she was held at the outpost Henrico where, for two years, whereupon she converted or was converted by the English people to Christianity and took the baptismal name Rebecca. There mm -hmm. she also met John Rolfe, who is notable for 
introducing the good strain of tobacco to Virginia and basically giving the Jamestown colony the cash crop they needed to survive. And she married him and they returned to England in 1616. And there she meets the court. She meets King James at a mask, we think. She's she's kind of the talk of the town because she's this example of a native person who has converted to Christianity and is kind of, you know, she's kind of shown off as this like, oh, see what we can do. She's also this princess, which is where the idea of her as a princess comes in. But as the uh, Council of Virginia Indians note, she was not a princess. Her way back to Virginia in 1617, she becomes very sick at like the mouth of the Thames and dies at the age of 21. So that's kind of like the bare bones recording of Pocahontas's life. And you may notice that it deviates uh, very far from the Disney movies. Right. I think if there's, yeah. And then, you know, since then, because of her conversion and because of her marriage to an Englishman, she becomes a key part in the myth-making of, or myth-making of the foundation of America. And the ideas of what English settlement was and what it looked like, which glosses over a lot of the true realities of the Europeans coming to the Americas. Which is why it should not have been made into a movie. Yes, it um, is probably the worst possible source material to be adapted into a mm-hmm. grand Disney type situation. Uh, yeah. And the story goes is that, you know, in 1991, Beauty and the Beast comes out, it gets the Best Picture nomination. Uh, and Katzenberg, or not sorry, not Katzenberg, Eisner, Michael Eisner, the CEO, really wants it again. So he looks at what the animators are doing, and they pick Pocahontas to be their next gambit at the Oscars, right? So they want, at, at first, from what my research kind of tells me, it was you know, Pocahontas is maybe actually going to be her real age in the movie, more of like a 12-year-old. Uh, then Eisner has the idea of turning it into a Romeo and Juliet type story. So they age her up. And I think it goes down. And I think from when he says, you know, I want like a Romeo and Juliet type story, they should have been, okay, let's not do Pocahontas then. Or let's not touch the story of that because turning it into right. that is such a regurgitation of something that didn't happen and that is very harmful you know yeah that's yeah and it still is perpetuated in culture because this film i mean a lot of people have seen this a lot of kids loved this and they might never know the whole story to this sort of thing as you noted the education system especially the teaching of history is a bit lackluster in the U.S. and for a lot of people this is their introduction to the idea of Pocahontas and um, Jamestown. So it definitely skews the idea very differently from what actually happened in history. Yeah. Um, But it came out, the movie, and it was successful at the box office and a year later they start production on Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World, which is the movie we're talking about today and which continues yep. Pocahontas' story. Uh, for those of you who don't know, at the end of Pocahontas 1, John Smith takes a bullet for Powhatan, and he has to go back to England because he needs you know, better medical advice, I guess, over there, as opposed to what he can get in America. So he leaves, he and Pocahontas have a tearful goodbye. That's the end of the movie. Right. I had never actually seen Pocahontas. I kind of figured I would not 
watch that in my lifetime, but then I did this podcast. So again, I forced myself into a situation I never wanted to be in. Mm-hmm. Also, just a note, when we say this shouldn't be made or anything like that, we don't mean it shouldn't be made because it centers on a woman of color. We mean that we shouldn't romanticize this period of history is all. Just wanted to note that. Yeah. I'm trying to think people so this is all this movie also has an interesting legacy because there are people who are very big fans of pocahontas and pocahontas 2 is very much disliked by pocahontas fans because this is where this is my grand like theory i have found no actual like kind of um support from this from official sources who maybe worked on the movie but my thing is is that pocahontas 1 came out and it did get a lot of criticism for being historically inaccurate and as ebert says in his review pocahontas is based on myth not history which i think is very uh, is an important thing to think of as you go into this um but i think the disney sequel people went all right we gotta make a sequel on pocahontas which you know she had the rest of her life after john smith left so at least you know we have something to base it off of we don't have to bring back Jafar or you know invent a father or a mother you know kind of like you know right. in the Aladdin vein uh and people didn't like the first movie for being so historically inaccurate so we're going to fix that with the sequel and pair her up with the guy that she actually ended up with in real life John Rolfe who is in this movie right that's my theory And a lot of people who like the original who might be ignoring history or something, I don't know what they're thinking, get very upset with this because they like the pairing of John Smith and Pocahontas. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. And I think that's one of the kind of things that this movie doesn't do very well is that because the first movie is so much about the romance between Pocahontas and John Smith, that in this movie, and we'll get into it, but she thinks he's dead and then just kind of isn't to John Rolfe without, and the movie doesn't do a very good job at selling you on the idea that she would, or that they are, you know, falling in love. So then when she does end up having to pick between Smith and Rolfe and she goes with Rolfe, you're kind of like, well, then what was the point of the first movie? Especially since the first movie has so much of that Romeo and Juliet vibe of like, you're the only person I will ever love forever and ever, you know? Yeah. Which I don't know. I guess I can understand yes. to an extent, but like doesn't pull off the the you know the switcheroo very well. I I just I don't know. This is so entangled with just the messiness of it shouldn't be made, in my opinion. That like I I don't know if I could really make these sorts of thoughts even like in my like in my head. I'm just like this just shouldn't be made. Like that's all I think when I watch either of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about like, oh, well, you know, the romance in the first one was, you know, it it was heating up. And I think that they should have stayed to get like, I'm just thinking, why does this exist? Yeah, that's that's fair, (laughs) especially as someone who didn't grow up with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this as well. I mean, when I was a kid, I was really into history. So I liked Pocahontas. Uh, This is, of course, before I realized, you know, the actual history. Right. So I kind of have that deeper connection to it, if that makes sense. Um, which is now not great. So do, do we want to start? Oh, I guess I some time, uh, some wider timekeeping as well. 1998 is when Movie Tunes merges with DTV films and TV specials, right? So we're thinking about the grand okay. scheme of things where for this, Disney Movie Tunes is its own branch under Walt Disney Television Animation. Mm-hmm. And then in 1998, it merges with 
uh, Disney TV films to become like one bigger thing. And Sharon Morrill, our fearless leader, it becomes the executive VP of the whole process. So she's moving on up the corporate ladder. She's right. a small, like, you know, this happened in 1998 thing to do. Right. So in essence, does that kind of streamline and maybe get a more um, funding, basically? I think, yeah. I mean, at this point, the Disney sequels are becoming very profitable, profitable ventures. And I think even at the end of this one, doesn't it say like produced by Walt Disney home video? I think this may be yes. the first one that gets the home video credit as opposed to TV animation credit. Yeah, and I'll say this is the best looking thing we've covered so far. Yes, that is also, I think the thing about the original Pocahontas 2 is that it is because they wanted it, it was Oscar bait basically. Um, the animation in it is astounding. Like it's very good animation. And I think that really pressured the folks over here at the uh, Disney movie tunes to really step up their animation game and it pays off the animation this does look very good i think it also helps that it's been cleaned up because there was a blu-ray release for yeah. both movies so it i mean it's it's kind of like the winnie the pooh thing like it just looks cleaner than aladdin does because i don't think that's been or that's had like a dvd release we're forgetting our episode last week that Honestly, like, I don't know if it exists. Oh, God, I've, I've already wiped it from my memory. That episode might not even show up in your guys' pod feed. It might have been so terrible that we just had to destroy no. it. You'll, we can't. We can't it totally ignore all Beauty and the Beast references. Um, yeah, I, I guess I guess more production notes. I couldn't find, unsurprisingly, I couldn't find a lot. I've had an article from the LA Times with people kind of talking about like, yeah, yeah um, the voice of Pocahontas, Irene Bedrard, was happy to be back. Uh, but other than that, it, it was, you know, kind of skin on the production side. However, this was, uh, yeah, I think you can tell the animators really tried with this one. It was animated in uh, at their Japanese and Canadian studios. And... Mm -hmm. I think for the first time they did 3D visual kind of like the you know you notice how the boat was like kind of like CGI. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was done in California. So like that was kind of like I I think it's the first time they've done something like that for a deep, uh, a sequel. That's pretty cool. I mean it it does like I it's one of those things where I wish they put this effort into something that wasn't it just shouldn't exist. Um so, uh, yeah, and it, I and I, I Sam and I were talking about this earlier as well. But like, there's only one scene in this whole movie where I was like, "What's happening here?" Like with the faces, and we'll get to that. But it, efforts were made. It looks good. Like it's not as good as the original Pocahontas, um, right. but I think in my notes I compared it to maybe like Home on the Range tier of like you know you know effort. You know, yeah. this was this is fine. It's not amazing, but it's not as bad as Belle Gotcha the World. <laughs> it's honestly could have played in a theater yeah. and people would be like, okay. Like, they'd, also, be like, they'd be like, I think Disney like might've taken a few steps back, but it looks fine. You know? Yeah. Yes. I, I agree. And I, I was also actually thinking how if Disney wasn't turned off a sequel, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, like if in an alternate timeline where rescuers down under was a smash hit and they're like, we got to do sequels, like actually, you know, where they are yeah. now, but you know, 20 years ago, I wouldn't be surprised. And if Pocahontas was, better received than if they did actually make this a theatrical sequel but we don't live in that universe we live in this universe where all the sequels until recently were released on home video so here we are imagine if frozen 2 was on um home video we could have been covering frozen 2 <laughs> it's a similar quality in some respects but 
hold well. my tongue. I, I like Frozen <laughs> too. It's fun. It's fun to watch, and I think that's the important thing when you think about movies. Um, I don't think that's notes. the most important thing. <laughs> no, it is some an other important thing. But at least it's not bad and unfun to watch. That's true. Home on the Range. It was all right. Yeah. I, I, I've. I've seen Home on the Range, but I do not remember it. I gotta watch it's, it. Oh, you! it's something. And it, it sucks, because I, I just... I wish Disney would do something set in the West that actually works, you know? Well, we're desert dwellers, so... We, yeah, we, I want that representation. <laughs> we want our culture on screen. And it... God, the story in that one is just what really bites. I, mean, I, I actually kind of like the art style in Home on the Range, but everything My else. My favorite like, thing is when niche. something's set in the West, but it's not overtly country, you know? And, yeah. and like, like I, cause like that, you know, I think that's fun. Cause like we've seen like country Western so much and mm -hmm. we obviously don't really experience that in year of our Lord 2020. We yeah. don't really experience <laughs> country Western. I think it'd be fun if more movies away from that yeah i um agree uh then you, bad news for home on the range the villain song is yodeling <laughs> i'm but gonna hate kind, it it's kind of fun i'm like one to kind of enjoy yodeling in small bites i'm like yeah you know i can listen to a yodel as just kind of like a novelty thing uh but i, I think not a lot of people did like it um <laughs> but anyways Back to the movie we're po talking about today. Pocahontas 2. Pocahontas um, 2. Other notes. I think every almost everyone from the cast is back. The notable, notable exception is Mel Gibson, who was... Who would have thought? According to his brother, too tired from filming Braveheart. And yeah. why might his brother comment on this, you say? Uh, because he was the replacement John Smith. Donald Gibson. is, And it's yeah. pretty similar. You know? Yeah, he's fine. He's barely... And they're related. Yeah, yeah he, he, he's also barely in it. Yeah, it's, he's not talking a lot. Uh, it's kind of so, like, uh, doesn't Jim, is his name Jim Hanks? He does um, like video games for Woody when Tom Hanks doesn't oh, want to. Yeah, I think, yes, I think so. Another Hanks does the Woody voice in like smaller things. I think also maybe some of the specials that they've done. And it's only one special, weirdly. Tom Hanks comes back Weird. for all of them except the one, one on Disney Plus, the, oh. the lamp, the lamp one. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, brothers. I mean, I guess it works. Uh, some other, yeah. King James the first, the historical character, mm -hmm. is in this movie or person, not character. He's a real person. King James. Yeah, he's like. I think it's kind of a, a lot more historians are coming around to the idea that he was bi. He had a male lover, um, but he also like apparently loved his wife and had children. So you know, he's into the huh. guys. Yeah. That's kind of cool i like that anyways that does, we don't see that in this movie sadly but he is voiced um, by jim cummings who we know from uh grand adventures of winnie the pooh because he was the voice of winnie the pooh which yeah but a whole uh, lot jim cummings he's like the voice actor he also does tigger but he only did tigger for the tigger movie yeah um, um oh and billy zane this is like the last one i've noted billy zane the voice of john rolf the new male lead uh was the bad guy from titanic yeah, Billy, oh Billy Zane. People, people know Billy Zane. Yeah, people, he's a recognizable name. He's been in a lot. Yeah, he's Back to the Future. Is the Phantom in the Phantom? Is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the Phantom is. I'm gonna be honest. I barely isn't that. That's like that movie Joe Dante wrote as like a 
as like a satire, but then they played it straight. And when he saw it, he went, oh, God. All right. I believe you. I'll look into it later, I guess. Since yeah, I'm really like vain. A, yeah. Oh, you just are a big Billy fan? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll go all in on Billy. Maybe that will be the thing I do. <laughs> Can Probably we do not. a Billy a Billy pod? <laughs> uh, no. I'm becoming uh, increasingly more aware that I don't like watching movies. I just like making podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna you're gonna run into some issues there, buddy. Unless you start thinking about other podcast things to do that aren't uh, movie related. <laughs> I'm just kidding, right. but I find okay. it really funny. Um. We should start the movie. This movie, again, this movie's trying. It's trying. It opens in a very similar way to the first Pocahontas, um, but without the song, you know? With yeah, the seagulls we... in England. We start in England. Yep. Uh, it's uh... dark. You know what? I'm going to say it. They did a good job with London. I think the animators also, like, historically, like, I was kind of like, that would, I feel like that's what pre Great Fire Jacobian, Eng like, London looks like. You know, it's yeah. not just kind of like uh, generic old timey town. Like they tried. Yeah, it, it it all looks good. It's just weird to see. Like I I I can't. You, you would know better than me. I don't know. I can't think of any animated movies that take place in this part, this time period of London. Um. Nope. This is the only one I can think of off the top of my head without yeah you know, doing some research or thinking real hard. Um, yeah, and it starts off, we're in, like I said, we're in England, London to be specific, and who do we zoom in London, on? London, England. Like <laughs> <laughs> I said, I've never been. Uh, I've been there, it's cool, doesn't look like I'm, this. It was um, jokes, I've been, I've been to London. Oh, okay, well, I, sorry. I spent, <laughs> I spent many a time in England, uh, which is why I found parts of this movie amusing. Oh. Obviously. Song, yeah, that's right. But... I don't know why I forgot that. Anywho's, um, my brain's a little scrambled still. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um, we, yeah, we zoom in on John Smith, who is in a room, just chilling, and then you get, get, get some fellas breaking into the room, um, and they're all just like kind of nameless guards mm -hmm. jumping in, and they hop in. He's not there. They're like, "What the <laughs> heck?" He's and gone. We're here for your arrest. And then he, whoof, vamooses, vamooses. Uh, and then there's a chase around the rooftops of London. And then who should show up when, you know, he's just thinks he's outsmarted the guards? Radcliffe. Radcliffe. He's back, baby. <laughs> I don't think you should give him a he's back, baby. <laughs> well, all right. Let's, for those who don't know, at the end of Pocahontas, uh, the colonists kind of basically mutiny and say, Ratcliffe is a punk. There's no golden Virginia. He's lied to us. He was using us. He's trying to create tension between us and the Powhatans. And they kind of chain him up. And it's suggested that he'll be arrested upon his return to England and that John Smith yep. will recuperate. So it's a surprise when this movie starts and John Smith is the one being arrested and Ratcliffe is the one not arrested, you know? Yeah, he, he basically just shows up and he goes, yeah, they believed my story over yours. Uh -huh. um, which, honestly, I, I wouldn't doubt it, no. especially considering history. Yeah, and I, yes. And I question, the one thing in my mind is, like, what happened to the rest, you know, like, uh, 
Billy Connolly's character and um, uh, Christian Bale, you know, like where where were they to be like, hey, you know, uh, Ratcliffe, this guy's not too good. Um, but yeah. for, you know, I guess they died. Maybe it's not unreasonable to assume that they died on the voyage back. Uh, yeah, um, a lot of people did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perilous journey. Um, but yeah, Ratcliffe, you know, he has the ear of the king, and he pulls a scar and steps on John Smith's fingers, and he drops into the Thames and is dead question mark what this, i have to say this as a child watching this and like being into the first movie as a kid uh was very just i was very distraught i was like oh no i like lying when characters lied and like twisted the truth that was like the number one thing i was like oh no this is very bad so th oh. that's a that's a dishonest man that's no good <laughs> i'm, I'm mad i was pissed <laughs> when this movie started and john smith was like framed I was not having it. Um, and then, yeah, we cut, he goes, we we actually see, you see King James very quickly in the first movie, but he's like a character in this one. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, he's, he's there. He's, yep. it's like the classic um, King is like a fool kind of, who's just like abusing tons of power. Type. Yeah. He's, he's on the cartoony side. Yeah. Like Queen Anne is there. I do like, that's like, I wish Queen Anne actually did more, um, but I did appreciate throughout the movie, whenever King James would say something or somebody would say something to Queen, to, uh, what are words? <laughs> whenever someone would say something to King James or he would say something kind of questionable, you kind of get a reaction shot from Queen Anne going like, huh, I don't know about that. You know, or like giving like little yeah. knowing smiles. And then she plays a bigger role in the finale of the movie. Um, but big in comparison because she actually talks, but yeah, I uh, yeah, yeah, I expected a little more from her, but yeah, it was nice that they at least acknowledged her existence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, no, Charles the first uh, talk here. Uh, only the dog, but you know, like they have the three thrones, and it's you know the king and the queen, and then they're like greyhound. Yeah, he's like Later talking on. to the dog. Yeah, he's like, oh, this Pocahontas girl is pretty good. And the dog's like, what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this dog is not as sentient as uh, Miko and Percy, but we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, anyways, Ratcliffe says, you know, like, they're all lying. There's definitely gold in Virginia. And please give me an armada to invade Virginia, which seems like an overreaction. You know, a whole armada. Yeah, I'd say so. Learn that James actually wanted to talk to John Smith and get his side of the story, uh, but now he's dead, quote unquote, so he won't get that. But he does say we have to wait till John Rolfe comes back, who's on his way to Virginia, to bring back the chief and bring him back to England so we can talk to them. And you're like, oh, who's this John Rolfe? Who's that guy? You know? Yep. It's a new, a new John in town. And then um, you, you cut. You cut from this gloomy, dark England to a bright and cheerful, snowy America. Oh, no, no, no. But first, there's the boat. Do you remember oh. that? There's just like the boat, right? Like, I, I again, I think this is them trying to mirror the original movie, where in the original movie, it starts with them leaving England. They're on the boat, and it, there's like kind of like the dramatic storm. Except here, it's just like the CGI boat kind of like doing the same camera shots and stuff of the flag and the mast and then right. cutting to Virginia, uh, which yeah, is like, you know, it's snowy. Looks the same, but a little different. It's snowy now. 
Yeah. Um, and you get Miko eating some berries. With um, the title credits. Yeah. yeah. Miko and Percy and Flit are back at their antics. Is Percy the dog? Percy's the dog, yeah. Who okay. has stayed in Virginia <laughs> from the end of the last movie. Uh, you know, they want the food. These animals are all about food. Miko to me is one of the most annoying of these because like their their whole deal is just eating. Yeah, he's a hungry little raccoon. Which like yeah, raccoons eat a lot, but like come on, I need something. Actually, I, I yeah, whatever. No, I was gonna say so. Pocahontas in general is kind of interesting out of the Disney Renaissance movies because it's one of the few that doesn't have a comedian voicing kind of like a snarky sidekick in the vein of genie right like genie's uh, the first one to kick that off i know where you're going with this jason alexander should have voiced miko <laughs> no what i was gonna say is that early in production of Pocahontas and recorded for most of it john candy uh was going to voice a talking turkey yes um and he died so they mm-hmm. cut the turkey which was probably for the best i can't imagine no. The movie it would have been with the talking turkey, voiced by John Candy. Oh, that would have been indeed. insufferable and to- wor- possibly worse than the tonal whiplash you get watching Hunchback of Notre Dame. No? Yeah, no, definitely. Like Hunchback, because I recently watched that and I was complaining about the tonal whiplash. Um, but yeah, no, that would be terrible, insufferable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in a way, I'm fine with. I don't know. I'd be. Act- the antics are cute. There's a lot of snow jokes in this first bit of the movie because there's snow. You Snokes. Know? Sno- <laughs> Snokes. <laughs> Put them in half, you know? <laughs> Become the emperor of the Sith yourself. Oh. <laughs> oh, now you'll make Star Wars jokes, remember? <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I'm in a better mood. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, there, there's like silly antics. They're trying to steal these cranberries. Uh, I assume they're cranberries. I don't know what else they'd be in the winter. And... Uh, there are like these big baskets and it turns into a sledding thing. Pocahontas is being very mischievous and she's throwing snowballs at Nakoma yep. and you know, they do this sledding thing uh, and it's all very light and cheery. And then in the process of this sledding thing, uh, her compass that John Smith gave her falls out of her pocket and it gets very sad very quickly. Yeah. She's that, just this inst- is some tonal whiplash actually right here. Yeah. She's just kind of instantly like, Thinking about how much she misses him. Mm-hmm. Nakoma is like the first person to speak so far in the segment of the movie. And she's like, you know, he's dead now. And Pocahontas is like, I know, just it's hard to say goodbye. Which is the first line she says. It's like very, I don't, I thought that was weird, you know, to open it being like, ha cheerful snow adventures. And being like, oh, by the way, we know John Smith is dead. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I, I did like how it's like wintry like i thought that yeah. was like if you're gonna change it a bit make it winter rather than mm-hmm. i don't know what time the first one summer or, maybe yeah. late summer i uh, think in history they're really they actually got well they left in 1606 so the, the song lies you know it says it's 1607 we sailed the open sea uh-uh. mm-hmm. they left in 1606 but you know that doesn't sound as good so maybe they got there in like april uh, but but I, I don't think the movies really cared about the timeline, which oh, brings yeah. me to. Um, I was thinking about like the timeline. I was trying to th- figure out like when maybe this is set, and as I said earlier, Pocahontas, uh, 
meets John Rolfe in like 1614 and goes to England in 1616. Mm. And, um, but the movie, I don't think has that much of a big time jump, right? So it's maybe, let's say 1609, right? It's the winter. Have you heard of the mm. starving time, Sam? Um, sounds like a bad time. That's what I'll say. Uh, I have not. Basically, a period in early Jamestown history when they had no food and they were like, "Oh wait, yeah, okay, yeah." They ate people. That's the big thing: the cannibalism. Like it was for a while. It was like, oh no, maybe they were cannibalizing people. Uh, And then recently, or more recently, they found bones, human bones that had butcher marks on them. I just like any time there's any of that sort of like early history where people are like starving i feel like you could just make the assumption really yeah. that it well, goes to that yeah and we had like someone like writing in their diary being like there's rumors of cannibalism and for a while historians are like nah nah it's probably just being dramatic and then the archaeologist came through on the receipts on that one i think it was something yeah. like four like, it was like 200 people or something were at the settlement at Jamestown to start with, and then by the end of the starving time, there was like 60 left. Jeez, that's bad. Wow. Anyways, I, I was thinking about that because it's the winter and, you know, it's two years after the first So you're movie. thinking like, wow, that little <laughs> settlement, they're all um, yeah. eating each other in there right now. Well, they look fine in this. I don't think Disney's going to, you know, like, let's, you know, let's add in the starving time to this too to make it really, really stick. You know, got it. Let's get the uh, let's get this another Oscar. Maybe the direct video sequel can get an Oscar. We do see Jamestown. It, there's actually like people living it now, not just like Billy Connolly and uh, Thomas from the first movie. They have houses, not just tents. Uh, and tensions are tense. Things are tense, you know, between them and the uh, Powhatan tribe. Yeah. And um, oh, is this when she sings? Oh no! Oh 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 oh! I'm so sorry. Yes, I we we don't see Jamestown yet because see your thing. Things you gotta you gotta sing. There's you gotta sing, and it's fine. It's this is this feels like the color. This is actually, from what I understand, a very popular song amongst amongst um, fans of the movie. They like this. Mm. It's, it's, it's all right. Is this episode going to get ripped to shreds by these people who love Pocahontas too, um, or hate probably. it, or whatever? Possibly. Um, who, who's to say? Maybe they, uh, uh, will they ever find it? Who knows? Or maybe they're starved for Pocahontas too content. Is there anyone um, listening? Please anyone? tweet at us if you're listening. Yeah. Um, yeah, she sings a song. It's all right. It's basically her being like, I don't know what to do with my life now because presumably the love of my life has left. Nakoma, yeah. it's suggested that Nakoma's married now. Everybody's moving on with their lives, and she's just kind of like sad. Yeah, she's in a bit of a stage of a arrested development. She doesn't really yeah, doesn't know what to do. Um, it's this has like big colors of the wind vibes. You know. Yeah. She runs back to the cliff from the first movie and is kind of looking out at the sound. I guess technically the Chesa- Chesapeake Bay, probably. But and then we get to the boat. And then we we get the the settlers. Yeah, there's a new boat in port. Um, hmm which is, you know, I think she goes to check it out. He's actually there, like, in the port, and there's um, some people hiding in the trees as well, checking things out, seeing else who is coming. Um, yeah. And 
again, this is why things get tense because basically John Rolfe comes off the ship. Well, she gets in the port and she accidentally bumps or like someone bumps into her and calls her a savage or like a barbarian to her straight. So again, this movie like isn't like the original kind of isn't holding back on colonists being assholes, you know? Yeah. Um, but John Rolfe comes off the ship and she's like, who's this guy? He's on a horse. That's a new thing. This movie horses. Yeah. Um, and Miko and Percy are causing some shenanigans and almost get run over by the horse. The horse gets spooked and starts running off and Pocahontas saves this guy's life. He does not take it like that. And again, is like, how dare you push me around? And the um, Powhatan tribe members in the trees kind of jump out and, you know, don't attack Pocahontas. And she's kind of like, calm down, everyone. It's fine. Stop fighting. Um, yeah. And... John Rolfe also says the same thing and he takes credit for it. And she's like, who's this pompous asshole? Yeah. yeah and he just goes like women. Am I right? Yep. Then he, he goes, he's like, I got to find the chief Pocahontas. He thinks Pocahontas is the chief. Yeah. Which, that's not, that's not the case. That's not at all the case. No um, one has, somehow. No, no one has mentioned that Pocahontas is not the chief and a lady. Well, Yes. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, yeah, it, we cut like later in the day or it's at night, I think. There's some sort of celebration happening in the Powhatan town. Yes. And, and they're having the all you know, dancing. dancing, having fun. Yeah. And then Rolf comes out of the shadows and everybody's kind of like, it's kind of like record scratch freeze frame, you know? My notes, mm -hmm. I, it's, I said it's all fun and games until white people show up. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, well, yeah, you know. And he's kind of like, I brought this horse for the chief Pocahontas. Or he, he comes up to the chief and, or Powhatan. And, yeah. you know, he's kind of like, hello. And he's like, what do you want? Uh, as I know, no one is amused. And uh, we see Udamanamakin. The first time. He becomes later. Yeah, he, he's like, he becomes um, Pocahontas' uh, bodyguard later yes. in the film. And he was a real person. Um, he is a real person. And he did accompany the real Pocahontas to London when she went. And he tries to give the horse, well, he says, he gives, he's like, this horse is for Chief Pocahontas. And Powhatan is like, all right, daughter, here's this horse for you. And she's like, cool, a horse. And John Rolfe yeah. is immediately like, oh, Pocahontas is a lady? Yeah. I thought she was a chief. Yeah. And he freaks out. And I, I, something happens here where Powhatan, like, he, he says something like, he gets angry at John Rolfe, basically. Yeah, okay, so I, I, I took the quote down. I don't know if this is what you're referring to, but John Rolfe, his whole point of coming to Jamestown is basically to bring back chief of the Powhatan and bring him to London to meet with King James to kind of, like, make a point as to, like, why they shouldn't invade their lands, which, oh boy. Uh, yeah. And so he says, all right, great, you'll come back with me to England. And Powhatan goes, why the fuck would I do that, basically? Uh, his quote is, and he, you know, John Wall says, you know, to talk about the land. And Powhatan kind of rightly says, I do not want the Pale Chief's land. He wants mine. Why doesn't he cross the salt water to meet me? And he kind of has a point, you know? Yeah. This is kind of setting up the thing that the movie harps on. And that is kind of a thing in the first movie as well. It's like, you know, who are the real barbarians here? Not yeah. that the native people are barbarians, but, you know, it's kind of like, you, you, you know. the same thing from Colors yeah. of the Wind. Do you think the only people who are people are the people? Right. Yes, yeah. and so he gets a little angry 
And then is it John Ralph who basically suggests like Pocahontas come with him because he sees her as like a princess? No, it's it's her. She's just like Powhatan's basically like no, and Pocahontas is like I'll go. Yeah, it's, it's but, very it, it's very sudden, right? Like that doesn't like we said like that she's not like a princess, you know? Like that's not yeah. how that works. So like it it it's like a it is kind of meaningless. Like they talk about that later. Like the fact it's like why did you bring Pro- Pocahontas? But like it pretty much is kind of. Like it doesn't but, really. Yeah, and when she goes, it's not really as like a print. Like I don't think she or any of the people or her her dad don't describe it as that. I think they do describe it like as a diplomat. I think that's the terminology they use. And right. then John Rolfe introduces her to the English court as a princess, which is factually accurate. That's what he did in history. She she was kind of okay. paraded around as this Indian princess, but we know that's not true now, um, because we've listened to the Virginian Indians, but. Yeah, and I think I have a note here saying like, yes, Pocahontas, that is what they want. And I don't know what she says, but I think it's something along the lines of like, I'll just talk to them. Like her her, her whole MO throughout these both both these movies is like, I'm sure if we talk, things will be fine, right? Like it's all just a big communication or miscommunication, which right. again, isn't truth. Um, but that's kind of like her reasoning to go, right? She's going to be this diplomat and kind of ease the tensions between her people and the English. Yeah, Rolf- and this fiction fictionalized version of history that's how she sees this to be solved yes just you know i'm sure it's like miscommunication we can all talk it out uh rolf immediately is like i can't take a woman with me like he's expecting you know the the paramount chief um but he really can't disagree and there's also it's kind of interesting here because or here too because you kind of see Pocahontas is like, I'll go. And then someone, you kind of cut to someone from the tribe and says, like, of course you would go, like, you traitor. You know? Yeah. Which is very tense in like the first couple of minutes, and it doesn't come back to it because it is like a Disney sequel and it just doesn't have that like narrative push, you know? Yeah. They see her kind of, well, you know, because she. In the, from the first movie. Yeah, in the first movie, the fictionalized, all that of her, like, saving john smith and yeah Yeah. i don't know there's some more big okay this is when she goes to talk to grandmother willow um who is besides the one scene later on she's like the one part of this movie that looks a bit worse for wear like the the animation of her kind of coming her face coming to the tree is a bit like ooh, you know she looks a bit bad um offense to the tree And it's kind of the same thing as from the first movie, you know, like, listen, I think it's less, I think in the first movie, it's more like, listen to the spirits around you and listen to your heart. And this one, her advice is like, listen to your heart only. Like, you you know, you need to know yourself and to, to do the right thing. Yeah, this feels just kind of like playing the hits. Like, they're yeah, like, it I don't is. know. Yeah, I guess we'll have Grandmother Willow again. Yeah. yeah. And she doesn't really need to be there. Um, and then she kind of doesn't. I, okay, the bit where all the animals are like being extremely loud is kind of good. Yeah, like Pocahontas <laughs> is trying to like listen to her heart, and all the animals are just like uh, Miko's like eating really loud because mm-hmm. that's all he knows how to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is like banging on the bark or something. Like, it, and it, it's kind of like a thing where it all increases in volume until she like snaps and she's like, shut up. <laughs> This yeah. isn't working. And then Grandmother Willow won't talk to her. Uh, she's like, yeah. Grandmother Willow, Grandmother Willow. And she just uh, gives her the cold shoulder. Yeah. 
like the cold bark, the cold root. I don't know. Um, they pretty much right after this, she's just like, all right. And then goes with them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or is, I do like when she says goodbye to Nakoma, that felt, you know, good. She says, don't forget this land. And again, when she does this, I was thinking about how in real life she never came back to Virginia. Yeah. Was, that got me sad. Um, yeah. She does try to leave Percy and Miko and Flit behind. Because uh, they're animals. Because they're animals. And who knows what she'll see in London. Uh, but they sneak on the ship anyways, because you got to have those wacky animal you hygienes. you got to get the wacky animals. got to get. Hygiene. And this is also, I was like, surely maybe you want to take Percy back, right? He's an English dog. Guess I don't. I don't think she cares about the dog. It was too much. I think he just kind of hangs around. She's like, "Well, I guess I'll look after you too." But like, <laughs> she just loves the animals. You know? Yeah, out of all, well, which becomes a plot point later on. Yeah. Um, Monomakin comes along uh, as her bodyguard. Powhatan gives her, or sorry, gives him a stick, and he says, "Every time you see a white person, put a notch in this." He yeah. does that on the boat. Uh, which apparently this also happened in real life, according according to John Smith. So, you know, grain of salt. But uh, so, yeah, he has a stick thing, which uh, when they get to London and then, okay, yeah, we have some shenanigans here with the animals who have sneaked on the boat. Percy has drunk an entire barrel of rum. I was like, damn, I wish I was per- per- Percy right now <laughs> watching this does. movie. I he's a pug right like he fits inside the barrel and he he drinks the whole thing i'm not sure how he's not dead i don't know dogs love do you know this dogs love alcohol i didn't know that i've never had a dog really is that are you pulling my leg or is this a real thing no it's a i mean it's a real thing my dog my mother would make mixed drinks and she'd leave them on like the coffee table and my dog would come up and like lick lick into it and just would just keep going at it like she just was attracted to alcohol huh huh i didn't know this okay i mean i don't know how much it takes to get it like a dog drunk and i don't know (laughs) like if an entire barrel of rum would kill one but i feel like it would small dog and it's strong rum like this is the this is like you know like sailor's rum has to last um uh, yeah there's some miko is seasick uh and he gets caught up in like a i love the guy who's like fine i'll swab the deck like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing about this movie i think we're far enough into it i can say this that i think i kind of like this more than the original because this is so fictionalized and like mm-hmm. i can kind of separate it in my mind a little bit right more it is, than it's it's wacky you know yeah it's a lot more wacky so like it's not going to win an Oscar. <laughs> original, I respect the most just on animation level. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, like, I was watching it and I was like, I would never show this to anyone, but if someone was like, gun to my head, you got to show someone Pocahontas <laughs> content, I'd be like, I guess this one, because at least, you know, there's that thing we'll talk about at the end. Yeah, it's, yeah, this, I don't know. It's just like wacky. Like, I don't. I kind of said to you earlier too, like cut everything else, keep the animal hijinks. I don't mind the. I know a lot of people don't like wacky, you know, kind of sentient yeah. animal hijinks. I don't mind it. It's a kids' movie. I get why they did it. You know, you got to sell those stuffed animals. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, Miko kind of gets 
swabbed for a second by this guy who was yeah. like, I am swabbing, I'm swabbing. I'm swabbing the deck and Mika's stuck in the, the mob. There's a brief chase and then he, Pocahontas is like, Miko, you're here? And she goes to hug him. And in an, I think this was good when he just like runs between her legs and goes to barf. You know? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Um, uh, and then they quickly blame her for the animals and call her a barbarian again, which, again, she's like, a, you know, and and once they get to England, I feel like, they, well, except for the main plot point, but I feel like they, for the most part, they kind of drop it. No, I take that back. That's a lie. They don't, they don't drop it, but it's not as they. It, harsh, it becomes less like they're calling her a barbarian and more like, wow, she's so different from the rest of yeah. us. Yes. Yes. Which is and still it, patronizing. The barbarian thing doesn't show up again until like the plot hinges on it. And then John Rolfe comes to, uh, in his word, uh, defend. he's honor-bound, defend her honor. And she says, is honor a big thing for you guys? And he says, it's the backbone of our civilization, which is when I went, what? Is it? Is it? Yeah. yeah I would that... never take back my word. And I immediately thought of all the treaties that white people made with Native Americans that got just you know ignored and deliberately broken for hundreds of years they like to pretend that that's the backbone of their civilization but it's not um at all yeah i think this is like the start of like you know like maybe like a little you know she doesn't think of him as like much as like a pompous ass as earlier you know she's like all right this guy is not too bad i guess um i guess this is the start of that their romance you know yeah um uh the the montage of them sailing to england is very like is it it's it's like you know it's the day and then it's sunset and then it's night and it's sunrise and then they're yeah it's it's weird it's it's very weird how they decided to do that time jump i think it's like obviously these boats the pace at which they moved is kind of slow, but like it's literally moving so slow as like the day cycles are going, and it just I don't looks. I even think w- it's moving. I think it's stationary, and like just the sky changes. You know, yeah, maybe like it's just so weird to look at. I'm like, what is this? Yes, it's strange. Um, and I feel like this would have been a good time to maybe have. Like his movie is like an hour and eight minutes long without the credits, and I think this would have been a good time, like if you actually cared about a narrative structure and not just money, to maybe have more like bonding and like getting to know you vibes with Ralph and Pocahontas, um, yeah. because when the eventual relationship kind of does blossom in a more significant way, it, it really feels out of the blue. Well, I, the original Pocahontas doesn't even I feel like have that much. Oh no, it's a bonding. It's, it's very much like it's like a first sight type thing in the first one as well. Yeah. Um, but for like a relationship that's like you're an asshole to, I guess I'm gonna be with you forever now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because the original, you know, wrongfully trying to do the Romeo and Juliet, which is kind, of, it is a first sight story. Mm-hmm. They get to London, London, they, England. They get to London. It's just like that scene in Wonder Woman where she's like, oh wow, London. Uh, <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and again, I think they did a good job with making London look like it, how it may have looked like in the early 17th century. My one thing is that the streets wouldn't have been paved. Oh my um, gosh! <laughs> but my I know gosh. I, I can understand why they paved them because no one wants to see mud 
no. Oh just, yeah, because that's what it is. It's a mud. It, yeah. it yes, it would have been like mud and horse shit. Yeah, no, but that's what that's what I'm saying. It's not. I think it's more the horse droppings than it is the mud. Oh, it's just dirt. I mean, it rains a lot in England, you know? That's true. I'm just making um, a joke about how dirty they were, okay? Yeah, and they get there in the early morning, and as we soon found out, London is just waking up. Gunamata Taken is doing his uh, a stick thing, which becomes important in the song here, which is What a Day in London, which is the strangest song, I think, out of the entire Pocahontas franchise. Yeah, because... Yeah, it's it's a weird song. Well, the later song at the dinner is kind of weird for Pocahontas too. Hey, but it but it works, I think. You know, like that cuz that it's very I think that's like a few one of the few villain songs where it's not just like an exposition dump but also like it's moving the plot along, right? Yeah. It, no. it segues into the or segues into the thing. But this is very much, I mean, it's, you know, it's Pocahontas exploring London, but it's sung by, it's very like beating the beast vibes, like the opening of that. Everybody's yeah. waking up. There's some like hilarious British stereotypes, of, or I guess English, of um, women being like, oh, make some crumpets, then put on some tea. Tea is a big thing here. I think the animators or the people who wrote the script are like, I don't know, what do British people like? Tea? Let's just make 5 million tea jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like, what a day in London. Like, wow, it's the big city, you know, like, what will happen? And then it kind of also merges into them being like, oh, is this Pocahontas is here? That's different. Yeah. And then she threw out through this, we get, I just want to note, we get a Shakespeare joke. Just we do. Note we get a Shakespeare joke. Before uh, we move past this. Um, yeah. No, I was going to say it's the historically. <laughs> and it's it's like there's a verse too where like the servants acknowledge there's like a bit of like a class i don't know like there's a moment you know remember that verse of the servants being like yeah we're servants it kind of sucks yeah that's yeah they do <laughs> this movie said i don't know classism uh, <sighs> i don't know um again like this is also i think where like the historical accuracy kind of starts to fall through because you see like people wearing like medieval clothes this oh, is yeah. just something i would notice but <laughs> Yeah, or like the fancy <laughs> interiors. I'm like, that's 18th century. This is like a century too early for that. Um, do, do you know the crossover between people who love Disney and people uh, who are historians? Because it might be you. Um, it might uh, yeah, be. I think it's very low. <laughs> but listen, I you know there are those videos on YouTube of like people who do period dress. Um, I think it's a like costume YouTube or like period YouTube who do like kind of like period clothing and who like criticize various movies that are meant to be set in ye olden times for having yeah. wackadoodle costumes. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, that's fair. All right. Yeah. You got me. I, I tried to attack you and you got me. Um. <laughs> Shutting you down. Listen, when I see like a 14th century veil that would fit into like Sleeping Beauty in my 17th century Pocahontas story, <laughs> some eyebrows are going to be raised is all I'm going to say. <laughs> I have more criticism hey, later. Hey, put down the gun. You cannot <laughs> shoot me. <laughs> oh, my God. You can't host the pod alone. <laughs> Watch me. No. No, 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 no. I'm sure. No, I can't do this alone. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's, so, yeah, they're running around London. Pocahontas is kind of running around, and John Rolfe is running after her, being like, you can't climb trees. You know, there's a tree that she yeah. climbs. 
It's um, like the one tree in London. Yeah, it's like the one tree in all of London. Udamatatakin <laughs> um, is like chipping away at his stick until it's nothing and he just gives up. Which yeah, it's kind of funny, which is apparently what happened in real life too. We yeah. believe John Smith. But the one lady in the song says what we're all thinking, uh, which is that I wish I had her hair. Yeah, she, she does say that. And then her hair comes off. Yeah, she's wearing a wig. Which is accurate. Um, <laughs> she sees the river. I don't know. The song ends and they're all kind of like, wow, Pocahontas is here. We've never seen anyone before. We've never seen not a white person before. Yeah. Or at least this is the vibe that the movie gives off. This one, Radcliffe shows up? Yes. So right at the end of this, um, you know, I think she maybe makes a comment about the river and I was like, she loves the river. Um, but uh, yeah, this a black carriage pulled by like crazy horses comes barreling out of the streets stops right in front of her uh percy is terrified because apparently he hates his former or former owner and ratcliffe comes out of the carriage and looks like look what the cat dragged in the yeah pole. and pocahontas <laughs> is immediately like what are the fuck are you doing here i thought you were in jail etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah no one she told the him. justice she thought the justice system actually worked um Oy. <laughs> Um, uh, John Rolfe's like holding her back because she's kind of doing like a let me at him, let me at him thing. Uh, yeah. He insults her and her people and her culture. And then uh, he says that he's bringing an armada to, uh, to Virginia, which John Rolfe goes, huh? Um, he again is like, I'm going to Virginia to get gold. And Pocahontas just flat out says, there is no gold, which is a running yeah. theme in this franchise. There is no gold. Um, I made that joke on Tumblr once and got a lot of notes. Fun fact. Uh, is that the height of your fame? Uh, no, it was something else. I won't say what. Oh, okay. Don't want to dox your Tumblr. It's been dead for years now. Uh, yeah. And then they go to John Rolfe's house. They meet Mrs. Jenkins. Oh, hello. <laughs> it's me, Mrs. Jenkins. Mm-hmm. That's basically what she sounds like. Her thing is that she can't see without her glasses. Uh, so... She tries to kiss Ralph, and instead she kisses Miko, and she says, Oof, you need, you a, need bath. a bath, uh, young uh, John Ralph. Uh. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. You know, um, do you know I had to read The Crucible in high school, like most people had to, and I would read it in that voice. Oh my god. Why was that that's the voice? That's my name! Chose? Leave me my name! I'm so Proctor with the devil! <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, okay. Whew. Okay, serious. We gotta we gotta focus on this. Um okay. she kinda has the hearts for Udamata talking. Uh everyone does. It's everyone. that's like a thing in London. All the older women are like, whew, this guy, he's hunky. Yeah. You know? um, um but then um She's like the only one who doesn't pull it put up with Miko's bullshit. He's kind of running around and she's immediately like, stop that. Yeah. Stop that! <laughs> um, I don't know. That's some in between shots where she's like, you know, John Rolfe, this this lady you got with you, pretty pretty. He's like, wow, uh. she's just a friend. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he, is like, I need to talk to the king. I need to exonerate John Smith and my people. And he's like, well, you got you got to wait. There's like the the crux the crux of this plot kind of revolves around manners, or at least English manners, you know. Yeah, they're kind of doing the um, pretty women, 
Pretty Woman thing? Uh, right? uh, no, um, less Pretty Woman and more My Fair Lady. Okay. No way. Except she's not like a cocky lady. She's just from a different, completely different culture. Right. Um, cut to King James playing giant chess, which is fun. <laughs> He meets John Rolfe, and John Rolfe is like, I can't believe you sent the Armada, or like, you signed the order for the Armada. You have to meet with Pocahontas. And the king is like, She's not the chief. I wanted to meet with the chief. And he's like, Fine, we're going to the ball. Um, yeah, because yeah, Radcliffe's there. Um, oh, yes, also kind of like sowing the seeds of discord. And he's like, Well, if she's so civilized, bring her to the ball, which it, it's yeah. just, I find this shit so annoying. Like, I know this is probably how they thought back then, but it's just like, oh my God. Like, it's just, it infuriates me, this type of. Thinking like, or. Yeah, where it's like, if they don't know my way of life, then they're nothing. Wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. Yes. They're. Yeah, and this is again, like, little me got very angry at this because Ratcliffe is just working at such an advantage in this movie, you know, for his, like, evil trying to invade virginia plans you yeah. know because he has the trust of the king he's been there john smith is dead and he has you know this like civilization thing against her which is dumb uh, there's a nice shot here where somebody says like a woman came and you get like a queen Anne reaction shot being like mm-hmm yep and again it's kind of you know cementing her as like the reactions lady uh da -da 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 -da. It, from this point in the movie, you're kind of. It basically seems like they're basing the entire Armada decision off of if Pocahontas does well at this ball. So it sets yeah. the stakes of like she has to learn English mannerisms and culture. Mm -hmm. How to dress, how to dance. Yeah. Uh, which is a lot to do, but we get it done in a song montage. Uh, <laughs> John Rolfe comes back. Pocahontas is like, can I meet the king? And he's like, oh, you got to meet at this ball first. That Ratcliffe kind of pushed you into doing. And she's like, ugh, okay. Yeah, which this song's, I don't know. Some, sometimes while I watch this, I would just randomly, my brain would go back to like, this shouldn't be made. And then in my head, I'm just like, I just, just kind of sucks it being like, wow, how beautiful you are once you dress as we do. Yes. Like, yeah. there's, there's like the gag of her like wearing the underwear um, only, which is, uh, which John Rolfe reacts to uh, kind of like very bashful, which I find vaguely amusing since her like normal clothes are more revealing than the pajamas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, and then yeah, it goes into like a montage of her trying, and it, this is sung by Mrs. Jenkins, called Wait Till He Sees You, because she's like, you know, putting her in English clothes and doing her hair in English ways. And He loves curly hair! <laughs> There's that part, yes. It kind of has, like, the uh, the Princess Diaries thing of, like, her hair and, like, various ridiculous hairstyles, which, again, I have to give the movie props for. The hairstyles, they're a little outlandish, but they're, I've, I have seen similar styles in, like, old portraits. It's not totally out there with the hair. We all had hair like this, uh, m'lady. Uh. <laughs> uh, and they kind of have like a, a, you know, she teaches or he teaches her how to dance. Um, yeah. Or I guess English dance. Um, yeah. Uh, she's wearing the wrong hoop skirt. <laughs> Are you saying like, like, accuracy wise? Some fashion history with KT. A little show within a show. Um, 
the hoop skirt she's wearing basically wouldn't be invented for another 200 years. Like it's very um, mid 19th century. Like it's what basically somebody would have worn in the Civil War. Okay. It's made of metal, which is wrong. It would have been made of bone or sticks. Bone? Yeah. Bone, because it's light, but it's sturdy, you know? Because you don't want oh. metal hanging around. They didn't, they didn't use metal because they didn't invent, like, a lighter weight metal until the 19th century. We're wearing bones? Yeah. I don't know this. Yeah, so basically what she would have you... worn is a... What? Are you fucking with me? No! Fardingales, were... which is the name of, like, the thing she would have worn, was often made of bone, like whalebone or fishbone. They were wearing bones. Do you ever hear about how corsets have boning? Um, no, I don't know okay. this. Okay, well, yeah, that's like, well, that's where it comes from. It's because it's it used to be made out of bone. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think this would be the thing to break you. I don't. People, they had dresses made of. Wait, okay, so no no no, 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 not the dresses, like the like the underskirts, like what you would wear. You know how yeah. like all the skirts have like crazy shapes, you know? Yeah, have, like, no, you yeah, know? yeah. Like they they achieved that with like in the nineteenth century, metal, um, like the hoop skirts, kind of like the supports. Wait, just little women skirts. take place. In the eighteen sixties, that's like a thing. Except they don't wear that because I think the costume designer was like they're on the poorer side and they have work to do, so they're not going to wear, you know big old hoop skirts except they, in, like, well they do they do in like the future stuff some yeah like when florence Pugh is in um paris and meg has that flashback to the ball i think or like the only times so you're kind of like okay you know like those big round skirts that's very 1860s and like 1850s and so is spoiler alert pocahontas's dress it's they tried i guess it's i don't know it's like mostly the shape and the neckline are all wrong, but they got the cuffs right. I was doing some historical fashion research beforehand and kind of like the ornamentation and the hair and the cuffs of her sleeves are like the only things they got right. <clears throat> mm. The extras, or I guess extras, I don't know, other people at the ball were actually kind of right. But what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> is that she would have probably worn a bone farthingale um, and at this time, the farthing, the popular farthingale was the drum skirt. So her skirt would have been like kind of very cylindrical looking, not bell shaped looking. But that doesn't look as nice and doesn't sell as many fun Barbie dolls for Disney. So bell skirt it is. Huh. That's been fashion history corner with KT. I don't know if bone skirts sell well either. I mean, you wouldn't have known it's bone. It just would have been white, you know, just kind of like. I'll send you a link of like, or I'll send you a picture of a farthingale later. Maybe we'll post, this will be Twitter content. I cannot wait for you to send me photos of bones, KT. (laughs) That's not threatening at all. Oh my God. All right. We should move on from this. You know, it's like, she has the thing. She's wearing the makeup. um, Yeah. And they go to the ball. She learns how to dance. Oh, they don't and, go to the ball next. Oh, she has to swap yeah. out her necklace. That's kind of like an emotional beat. Mm-hmm. And She's right before of... they go to the ball, they cut to Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. And he's he he's uh, got a little sack of money, and he's handing it to someone, mm-hmm. and he's going, 
I'm hiring the entertainment to make sure everything goes according to plan. You know, it's like some oh, you know, some devious shits happening here. Oh, sorry, no, he says it like this. I'm hiring some. <laughs> we were wrong. Uh, Ratcliffe isn't the villain of this movie. It's actually Mrs. Jenkins. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Who, if you didn't pick up on Mrs. Jenkins, is actually Robin Williams' character in Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> and actually, it is Robin Williams. <laughs> He's back. He's back. He had so much fun with Genie. Uh, no, uh, to be clear, it is not Robin Williams. It is no, it's someone else. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, for once in their life, Pocahontas is ma- or manages to keep the animals at the house with Mrs. Jenkins. Uh, yeah. You know, instead of them coming along and fucking shit up for her. Which I feel like in a weaker movie, the animals would have somehow come to the ball and ruined it for her instead of what does happen. You know, I had yeah. Yeah, I was. I know you love the animals, and I do like them. I like the animals, but I was very happy to see them. Yeah, it was nice to have, you know, some time apart. Mrs. Jenkins makes some tea, and they have to drink it. Need some, put some tea on the kettle. That's basically all of her lines. Her being horny for Udamanamakin. Um, they go to the ball. It's a ball. I don't know. Again, I was like, oh, the extras actually kind of. I feel like in a lot of like historical movies. Uh, background characters will be put in neck ruffs and usually that's not right but this is the one time it is right because this is when neck ruffs were popular so yeah <laughs> these are the things I notice um, they go to the ball uh, everybody loves Udamata Chakin and by everybody I mean like all the elderly women or older looking women at least they're all horny bro mm-hmm. um, <laughs> shit uh, there is actually kind of like when Pocahontas is introduced to the king, I I do kind of like how they approach her panic. Like, it, you know, there's kind of like this like close up of her panicking and John Ralph is like, say something. But, you yeah. know, she smooths him over. She says, like, you have a wonderful palace and he's very mollified. And she's like, great. Can we talk about our peace treaty now? And he's like, no, 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 no. You have to have fun. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So... It's, it's portrayed pretty much like she's having a fine time, you know, yeah. she's dancing. She dances um, with, yeah, there's like kind of a dancing sequence where she enjoys dancing with Ralph, but people keep stealing her away to be their partner, and then Ratcliffe steps in, and I, again, I kind of like this idea that she has to be, you know, civilized and nice to him, but he's like this guy who's trying to ruin her life forever, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like the evil guy, dan- it's, you know what? Again, it's like Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. This is just worse Wonder Woman with a lot more cultural baggage. Um, and a um, lot of questions of why it was even made. Um, but All right. Okay. Also, I would say in uh, in the montage of What a Day in London, we do see a bear being led. And I was like, oh, tricky, tricky foreshadowing. Because uh, they go to dinner. And this is when Ratcliffe and his little uh, entertainment accomplice... Uh, sing their song, Things Are Not What They Appear. Which... Yes, which I, I liked this song till it gets like kind of racist, but like the start of it, yeah. like these jester guys were like cool. Like I knew that it was going to turn bad, but I was like, these guys are fun and funky. It's just. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is like, you know, they're doing like magic tricks and things are disappearing and they're doing yeah, magic. So they're saying yeah. things are not what they appear, but news alert. They're not talking about the magic. They're trying to tell the king 
that Pocahontas is not what she appears. Yeah, which that's, you know, I just like the way that they visually looked, but like... Yeah, this is a fun, again, animation scene. I, I like, it gets like really green. And this whole kind of sequence, I think, is um, interesting looking. Pocahontas has been separated from John Rolfe at this point because she has to sit next to the king. Um, they start doing magic tricks with her, and then they bring out the grand finale, which is the bear baiting, um, which, for those who don't know, is kind of like an old, was a popular form of entertainment where you just got a bear and kind of made him dance around and poke him and stuff, and was presumably not very nice to the bears. Yeah, and you're wearing bones, poking bears, you know. It's... Things are different in the 17th century. Um, so Pocahontas, you know, Pocahontas she's known for her lover. love of animals. Mm -hmm. She yeah, says animals, so. animal rights and, you know, rushes off to protect the bear and, you know, you know, turns to the court and is like, you monsters, what the hell are you doing? This is terrible. Yeah. Is, and it's like green and there's a lot of Dutch angles. Anyways, uh, and she immediately insults the king. I think she calls him a barbarian or like he's uncivilized or something everybody's like gasping oh, yeah and now i have to say the reaction here is a bit of an overreaction from kings. pocahontas or no, from no no them? no 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 the kings the king's reaction to pocahontas oh. being like hey stop torturing this bear and calling him uncivilized yeah uh, it's not like i won't talk to you he well i guess ratcliffe baits him on but he immediately jumps to off with her head take her to the tower and Ralph, take them both to the tower. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but unlike Aladdin, Return of Jafar, they don't show any beheading. No, they managed to escape before, you know, they, they don't have a magic genie to rush off and save him at the last minute. Yeah. Oh, okay, yes. And this is when we cut to a random pub somewhere else. Um, and some guys bragging about, you know, how this girl from Virginia came and she made a big fool of herself and now she's going to be beheaded. And there's this guy in the corner wearing a hood. We can't see his face. Yeah. You know, he's listening. He's like, oh, shit. And the guy's like, where'd he go? Because he just runs out of the pub and runs to yeah. his horse and gallops off. And you go, wow, who could this be? Whoever could that be? And mm -hmm. we as the audience go, that's John Smith. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I misspoke also. John Rolfe does not go to the tower. He goes back home. He's kind of distraught. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, I, Mrs. Jenkins once again says, I think I'll put some tea on. Put some tea on for you, John Rolfe. I know you lost your girlfriend. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, in times of stress, that is what the British do. It, it is relatively accurate. You know, like, oh, I'll put on some tea and we'll figure this out. You know something? I mm -hmm. hate tea. Oh, all tea or just like British tea? Like an English, traditional English tea? Well, actually, I don't know if I've had traditional English tea, but what I don't. Have you had? I've had uh, mostly iced teas. Anytime I've iced had. Tea sucks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I'll let um, you finish. I, most times I have hot tea. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't typically like it. Mm -hmm. I like. I like bobas. Right. I'm like, talking like green teas here or like lemon herbal teas. Lemon herbal I like. I like okay. that. Okay. I like like lemon. Um okay. oh, yeah, what's that, a good flavor. What's that thing mm -hmm. at Starbucks? A medicine ball? I like a medicine ball. Oh, that's okay. the only yeah. hot tea I like. Which that's like okay. a combination of green tea and something, I think. Yeah, it's like a combination of green and peach or something. Okay. You probably uh, I'm gonna guess that the tea you don't like then is like English breakfast tea yeah probably yeah. but my it's favorite tea taste. is 
coffee milk tea because it just tastes like coffee. <laughs> nice coffee milk tea. Never had that. It just tastes like coffee, and you can get boba in it. It's great. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't like boba, so. Well, I some don't... people here have correct opinions, and some people don't. And <laughs> Listen, we'll leave I don't that... want solid, juicy bits in my liquid drink. That doesn't sound appealing I do. to me. That sounds I great. I don't want to be drinking it. something and then have to chew. It's a snack and a drink. Yeah, it's a no for me. Uh, you can just swallow them whole. No, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> boy okay um yes we're at the part where like someone might get beheaded and we're talking about boba (laughs) right so back on track uh john wolf is in the garden he sees this rose that pocahontas is holding earlier and he's like damn my girlfriend's about to be killed and then someone jumps over the wall and who should it be but it's john smith he's not dead yeah um he's there they like just team up right uh, they're basically both like he's like you know I like Pocahontas. He doesn't know that John Rolfe likes Pocahontas. Or does he? Does he say? Is this when he says like you love her, or is that later? I think that's later. Okay. Well, you know, but he's like you know we gotta get Pocahontas out of the tower. So John Rolfe takes him to the tower under the guise that he's a prisoner, and he says you know I'm delivering this prisoner. Uh, and they quickly beat up some guards and go look for Pocahontas, and she is reunited, and she appropriately freaks the fuck out to john smith being alive yeah uh, she's like wait a minute you sound a little different you sound like a sibling of john smith right now <laughs> you know like di- supposedly dying and coming back from the dead will do that to a person uh <laughs> yeah the john I, I just have in my notes john smith reaction in all caps um <laughs> and i also said this got me in a tizzy as a kid this this really stressed me out because i guess uh, as a, a tizzy yeah because as a kid i was already i was kind of like already invested in the whole like i, I you know I, I thought he was dead i fell for it because i was five. Oh. so when john smith is alive and you know now she has two johns to pick from i was yeah i i don't blame you i feel a little attacked as someone who is blonde that she goes for the brunette yeah <laughs> Sorry, you know, the, we brunettes have to win at, sometimes, you know, the blondes get all the fun. Um, anyways, uh, they they break out more. There's some sword of fighting. John Rolfe's thing is sword fighting, whereas John Smith's thing is just kind of like blunt force. Yeah. Um, Pocahontas is like, oh shit, my ex-boyfriend's still alive. Um, She's still wearing her dress. Yeah, and uh, they break out. Break out, and this is this is also is kind of like an interesting juncture in the thing. John Smith is like, we should just cut and run, you know, leave, save your life. John Rolfe is like, no, what about your people? I think it's actually kind of cl- unclear what John Rolfe is supporting here. Um, yeah, he seems to be like, you know, there might be a risk of you dying, but you gotta help the people. Seems right. to be his idea. And- Pocahontas is both like, shut up, and she goes off. Um, you hear the musical notes of where do I go from here? And there's kind of like this visualization of like a paved path and some like uh, mysterious path off into the woods. Um, and yeah. she picks the woods and she goes to this like reflection pool, has a little like Pocahontas reflection moment where she washes her makeup off. Hmm. Uh, which is kind of, we didn't mention it earlier, when she puts on the makeup and puts on like the English clothes, she, Mrs. Jenkins powders her and her skin does become lighter. So when she takes yeah. it off, she kind of, you know, she's accepting herself and she finally realizes what she needs to do. There is a reprise of where I go from here. Um, hmm. 
she says the past is gone and I must move on, which is, you know, well, like, I, yeah, but like that kind of makes me wonder, like, is she going to be like, move on, like stay in England and forget her? Um, yeah. But, and I'm like, that's a weird thing to make me question <laughs> if it's making that point. Yeah, that's a weird, that's okay. That, I didn't think of that. I was just thinking of John Smith at that point. Um, uh, Talkin comes back and he has her clothes. Uh, so she dresses into her, you know, her normal clothes again and we haven't noted this mm -hmm. they have horses at this point and Udamanamakin refuses to ride on a horse or in a carriage yeah his whole thing is running yeah he never talks this is again like the stereotype i feel like his he's very stereotyped here. yes yeah. i just felt we should know he's he's not yeah. a yeah. good portrayal um no. and he, then well, she comes back out of the woods and says, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to talk to King James and I'm going to, you know, have to protect my people. So the Armada doesn't go. Uh, mm. And I also wrote this quote down. Uh, John Smith is like, what if you die? And she says, I will be the first to fall. And uh, I, I mean, I wrote that quote and then, uh, you know, yeah. which because that line suggests that she'll be the first person from her tribe or maybe even Native American to fall to the English trying to, you know, invade her lands, which... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again. Yeah. Shouldn't have made it. Should not have made it. Um, we should not have made this podcast. No. Um <laughs> this is just one really tragic stop on a pretty fun podcast. Things are on the up and up from here. Next week is another Romeo and Juliet story that is good. Oh boy. Look for next uh, we'll week. Lion King too. Yeah, but we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. We're almost done. We're we are almost done. Um there is kind of like a nice thing here where John Smith is like, no, 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 Pocahontas, you have to do this. And John Rolfe is like, no, you have to listen to her. Um, and she says, no, 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 we'll go talk to King James. So they go, um, they bust in on him doing parliament. And everybody's kind of like, oh, lady, and she's not wearing clothes. Well, she's wearing clothes. <laughs> but, um, yeah. King James is like, aren't you supposed to be dead? And yeah. she says like, no. Ratcliffe is a dirty liar, blah, 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 blah. And King James is like flabbergasted. And finally, finally, Queen Anne speaks and she says, There is no gold, is there? Because she knew. She knew. No? She knew. She knew. Um, she knew. And James, and and, uh, it's kind of funny how readily, or how readily King James accepts that. He's like, Oh, yeah, I guess my wife says so. Um, so, and this is when they're like, Well, we got to go stop that armada. Right. So he's like, yeah, I guess there's no gold, but I've, the Amadans already leaving. Like, they're gone. What can we do now? Although they aren't really gone, you know? It feels weird to me. I, You would know more. Do they send things at night? Have they? Do they make voyages at night? Uh, I guess it probably depends on the tide. So I guess if the tide was like at the right place at night, but is it not? I guess it's not night, is it? Because they go to the parliament in the day, don't they? Is it not night? Is it not night? I, I thought it was night. like dusk. Is it? I don't. I know it starts to rain. Is that maybe why it's like dark? Or you oh, remember it be being light. dark? Well, it still feels like um, a bad time to take start a voyage. Sure, 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 sure. Let's just say it's a bad time to start a voyage. Um, I think you're not. It's maybe the summer as well. I guess maybe it's like the spring. And I think you're not supposed to leave during the spring either. But anyways, 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 they run. Uh, they go to stop the Armada that is like just kicking off. Uh, Ratcliffe says some more bad things to his men being like, let's go kill everyone. 
basically yeah, lagging. John Smith is on his horse and they they see all of them coming, like Radcliffe mm-hmm. and the crew sees everyone. They're like, shove off, shove off. We, we gotta, gotta go, go. We gotta go, gotta go. <laughs> and then they so they start to go off and John Smith uses his horse, he jumps gap mm-hmm. to get on the ship. Mm-hmm. And this I don't know why, but this kind of made me laugh. Like him when he gets on the shift, they're like, Oh my gosh, I thought John Smith was dead. And he like he like yells, I'm the ghost of John uh-huh. Smith. He's not like psyched bitches. He's like he he takes it on. Like I am I'm a ghost. Woo. And they all get scared and jump scared off. And I just, off. Yeah. I don't know why, um, but that was funny, the idea of that. Yeah, Pocahontas, does she swim or does she jump on? She jumps on. Uh off swims. Ro- yeah, everyone else has he to likes, swim. He like swan dives in. He comes up on the anchor. Um, <laughs> I noted in my notes. There's a lot of hero poses happening here. And, yeah, it's basically yeah. just kind of like people fighting, um, trying to stop the armada from leaving. A lot of sword fighting. A lot of you know just throwing punches around. Um, there's a great. I did note. There's a visual where Pocahontas is in front of the Union Jack, and it's raining and like thundering and lightning at this point. And the shadow of Ratcliffe kind of like comes behind her as mm-hmm. the, the uh, lightning flashes and then like it rips open. And it, I don't know, like the visualization of like, I guess, a, a native woman in front of the flag and like someone sneaking up behind her trying to kill her. I was kind of like, huh. You know? Yeah. yeah. That is a genuinely good visual. Um, yeah, I don't know. They beat him pretty readily, I think. There's kind of like yeah. a thing where they run the ships into each other and that's how they stop the whole armada. They throw Ratcliffe off the side, and I'm like, is he gonna drown? Yeah, they all like <laughs> this also like they they like look out on the side and they're all smiling at each other while he's like drowning. Mm-hmm. And I, he's like I thought it, Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny, but also I'd be like, Yeah, they should be smiling. He's a horrible yeah, person. He should a drown. Person. Um, no, but he's not drowned. He manages to swim out, and King James is there in person, which is unusual, and arrests him. Um, mm. This is also the point where I note where is Wiggums, his manservant from the first movie. Oh, I liked Wiggums. Is that bad to say? Where's Wiggums? I, I, <laughs> T, I couldn't tell you. Maybe he died. <laughs> Maybe he got the plague. I don't I know. I hope he's, you know, being a manservant to someone better than Ratcliffe. Um, <laughs> and the movie wraps up so quickly here. Yeah. So quickly. They arrest Ratcliffe, and I'm like, good job. We saved the day. We cut back to, like, the palace. Um, doesn't John Smith go like I got a boat <laughs> yeah like Ralph and Pocahontas are like having a hot moment and they're kind of like both nervous and they don't know what to say uh, and they're about to say something when John Smith kind of comes out of nowhere he's like Pocahontas good news I have a boat I got we a go. boat we can sail around the sea you know kind of he mentions like in the earlier in po- first Pocahontas he kind of has this idea like you can come to London and you can see the world they're like we can do that now and Pocahontas is like Ooh, about that. Yeah. I, has a Disney movie had this? I think this might be the only, I guess, oh, I guess besides Anna, um, whose first prince ended up being the villain for Frozen. Um, this is the only Disney princess who, like, breaks up with her first prince. Yeah, like, she actually has, like, a choice here, but... yeah. Still, I don't know. The whole history of it all makes you wonder. Like, well, I kind of would have preferred maybe just to be like, screw it, no one. I'm just gonna be my own person, you know? Yeah, that probably uh, would have been better. This came out in 1998, so she has to end up with someone. Because I mean, it's already so fictionalized from yes, 
Exactly. Real. And this is kind of like my thing. If it's already so fictionalized, and I, I this my theory that they wanted to make it more historically accurate somehow, even though they don't, from the first movie, right? So that, oh, she has to end up with Ralph, right? But if it's already so fictionalized, just like, fuck it. Yeah. And this is the issue a lot of fans have with this movie because she does not end up with Smith. Mm -hmm. um, I just kind of realistic too. I, I mean, realistic in like not, a, <laughs> realistic's maybe not the right term, right? But she, she thought that he was dead. It's been several years. You know, she's kind of moved on. Yeah. She's grown as a person. They're different people. You know, it's like yeah. in that sense, not in any other realism sense yeah no that yeah. in this fictionalized version of history yes there's like a small thing where like john smith comes and ralph leaves and he's like oh it's very like okay weird thing it's kind of like beauty and the beast in a way where okay. there's like a moment in beauty and the beast where beast sees bell with like gaston or something and he's like i'll just have to let her go right mm -hmm. because she wants something else so ralph kind of does that thing where he he assumes that pocahontas will stay with john smith but they break up. Yeah. And then she goes back and she's like, Miss Jenkins, where's John Rolfe? And she's like, he's leaving. He's going back to Virginia. Or I don't actually. He's leaving, it's darling. not clear where he is going. Okay. Oh, okay. Also, before we move on from this like breakup scene, this is the scene where the animation just goes off the rails. I don't know what happened, but in like within this like five minutes of like the breakup, everybody just looks incredibly wonky. The lines are off. It's just, I don't know what it was. I think Miss Jenkins animated this section with her glasses <laughs> off. Maybe, but like, I, it's like the, you know, like most the movie started, and I was like, okay, I think we're batting at like uh, you know a higher average here. And I I did find one interview with animators saying we wanted to you know to try to live up to the original. In many ways, I guess. Um, and uh. this one, and I was like, okay, yeah, it looks for the most part fine. And then this one scene is just like, what the hell happened? Yeah, everyone's looking weird um that was like the one thing anyway yeah she goes some weird continuity errors whether or not she's wearing shoes um mrs jenkins mistakes pocahontas for or a horse for pocahontas because her hair yeah Again. yeah hair. Um, um she's asking around like where's ralph mm -hmm. where's 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 my guy and then she gets on this right with the idea mm -hmm. that she can take it back to oh, virginia yes that's yes 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 sorry that's the thing she gets on the boat going back to virginia and then he shows up unexpectedly yeah okay. i'm a stick it i thought she like surprised him on a boat okay yeah she and gets they on kiss. The boat. kiss and she says like i'll guess i'll have crazy wild adventures with you not john smith yep and then udamatakin stays yeah he stays with uh miss jenkins mm -hmm. and he's wearing like english clothes he also has the bear for some reason she's like you're a good pet for me now yeah i guess they freed the bear from the earlier thing but you know he's actually the only one who did return to virginia in history who unamaya talking oh really oh yeah, he he went to well he went to england with pocahontas and came back like the historical pocahontas who died well yeah. so that wraps up this fictionalized version of history that probably shouldn't have been made, but it's kind of mm -hmm. okay. And should stay untouched. Yeah. I feel like we should just stop trying to tell this story in mass media because you can never mm -hmm. do it right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's been um, yeah. It's too broad, I think. This has that 
title card that you pointed out. Oh, yes. Do you want to read that? Pocahontas Journey to the, a New World is a fictionalized account of Pocahontas' life in England. To learn more about her remarkable true life story, her childhood, her Christian baptism, and her bridging of two cultures, please visit the American Library Association on the World Wide Web at www.ala.org or your local public library. Mm-hmm. Which is, and it's at the bottom of the credits. Yeah. Tucked away uh, there. It's tucked away, but I wish that every Disney movie had, like, at least the ones that touch on things like this, had that mm-hmm. sort of disclaimer. Definitely a better one than that, because that still is kind of a dated way of saying things. But yeah. Well, I mean, this is also this and I guess the sequel. It was like the only two times they do something based on someone who was real. And they haven't done that since. Prince Arthur is, or King Arthur is like the closest thing they come to that. And he's probably not real. Right. I just mean when they have depictions of things that are wrong. They need, I just wish Disney was more open about Mm -hmm. things that they've done wrong. Pocahontas Mm -hmm. is a big one that they Mm -hmm. really should there should just be a flat out like thing at the top. Like, Hey, <laughs> this is a fictionalized tale. Yeah. Like, and yeah. not even just the sequel, the first one, like oh, the oh, fact, yes. the fact yes. that the first one doesn't have it is kind of insane. Yeah, it is. I feel like they definitely added this at the bottom of this one because of reactions to the first one. Yes. It's nice. At least that it's there, I guess, but these things see before credits roll or opening credits i guess i guess there are no opening mm-hmm. credits before you hear virginia company before you yeah, even hear the, the carving and then the yes before you even hear it you should see a little warning of hey this isn't correct there have been whispers of a remake you know, in the grand disney fashion nowadays which uh, should not happen yeah it really shouldn't like i because they're gonna try to dress it up and make it seem like it's a more progressive thing but you just can't like you make it a children's movie yeah you can't make this a children's movie and i don't even think like in american culture or at least hollywood culture you could ever tell this correctly no especially if it tries to have any semblance of the idea that they had a romance you know because that just wasn't true no it would be a horror story it would be yeah i mean yeah yeah these are horrific events they should not be romanticized in any way and yeah. hollywood would have no way of doing that because that's I, I don't know yeah not to get too past. like uh, into like american culture but um, i don't think america could handle something no. that actually said it how it was no no, no i don't yeah yeah no nope. at least white america yes yes that was pocahontas to journey to a new world I, I the thing with the title I think is that I like that they call Europe the New World, but, right? You have the ideas or the conception of the old world and the new world. Yeah, that's it. And I like that Europe this time is the New World. You know? Yeah, it's a it's a fun little flip. Flip on the outdated terminology. I don't I don't know what else there is to really say. I don't. I think we kind of covered our feelings on it at the top half. I don't. Know, it ends on like a cheesy pop song. Um, which they it, it's like a it's a whole separate song it's like a duet between billy zane and uh judy khan who is the singing voice of pocahontas um yeah. but it's not in the movie i guess similar to if i never knew you from the original that was pocahontas 2 journey uh, to yeah. the new world and apologies if any of us are joking during the plot 
comes off as insensitive in any way. We're joking about the movie. We're not trying to joke about actual history. Yeah. We should talk about what we're going to cover next week. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for this. Uh, Next week, we'll be doing something a little new. We'll be Mm -hmm. covering Lion King 2. Simba's Pride. Simba's Pride. And what's new about it is we're going to have a guest. Mm -hmm. My friend Kenny's going to come along and uh, share his thoughts on the movie, widely regarded by many to be one of the best sequels. Yeah, I don't think I've seen this one. I've seen Lion King one and a half, um, which I think explains a lot about me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it in ages, but from memory, it um, it honks. The music, is, the music, the music is a big part of it as well. I think that will be an interesting thing to talk about next week. Okay, well, we'll see. I, you know, I think sometimes people think I hate Lion King. I like Lion King, so we'll see. Yeah, it's a it's a good movie, you know, and it is like it. You know, it's very Shakespearean. Ha ha. Yeah. Huh. We'll get into that next week. I think it's everything. Yeah. Uh, I guess thanks for vaulting this Walt with us. Uh-huh. You can follow us on Twitter at, at vaulting the Walt, where we tweet out little tidbits and stuff related to the pod. We tweet things. People tweet at us sometimes. All right. And we're done. See you guys next week.